The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Mature audiences are cleared to proceed. Shall we begin? Let's begin. Welcome back. This is part two of our tradecraft analysis of No Way Out. We set the table last week in part one. Naval Intelligence Officer Tom Farrell is assigned the task of finding a Russian mole in the Pentagon. The real tricky part is that it's all just a cover-up, which hunt by his superiors to frame him for a murder he did not commit. It's all actually even more complicated than that, so if you missed out part one, there's a simple solution. You might want to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so that you can always stay caught up with us. This week, we will take on the latter half of the film where the witch hunt is in full swing. We'll also have a chunk of discussion about the weird dark secret that lies at the heart of the story before we go on to final reviews of Tradecraft displayed in No Way Out, right now on Spies Like Us. Like we said, the CID is making moves on on their own. So they find out about Nina Becca... Uh, a friend of Susan's and they say like, yeah, we're going to go question her. And uh, Pritchard and Tom both like for different reasons, kind of jump ahead of that and say like, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll go see her. Uh, Pritchard for the fact that he wants control is well, both of them because they want to control the situation, but for different reasons. So I think it's plus five points for both of them. And that got me my uh, best Tradecraft number two. It's kind of a double header. When they meet Nina, I did think this was a little odd. Like, I couldn't exactly tell from, and I watched the scene a bunch of times trying to figure this out. What do you think? Does Nina recognize Tom? Yes, absolutely. You're sure of that? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't it's, tell. Because that's why she starts freaking out. She has, like, her eyes widen up all crazy when... She finds out that Susan's dead and Pritchard saying there was a like, like, oh, we think she was sleeping with someone else. And we think that someone else is the one that killed her. So like, there's like a shot of her, like freaking out and thinking that Tom might've actually killed her. Okay. Well, I mean, Tom Tom makes an absolute uh, point of putting his face directly in front of her and looking into her eyes you know, because it seems to me like he definitely wants to find out if she recognizes him or not. Mm-hmm. And and if that's not the play, then it's it's definitely like maybe just an eye signal of like, hey, I know who you are. You know who I am. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, which right. which could have gone could have gone either way because he doesn't know shit about Nina, right? right. It really could have gone either way. Uh, I like I like the fact he you know and he's ready to brain bash Pritchard if she yeah. says the wrong thing. That was pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he's just grabbing the vase. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and but from that interaction, they they do find out she does give up that uh, the man that they're maybe looking for is someone that's been assigned to the Pentagon during the last couple months which would fit Tom Farrell's profile. Did you have anything else on Nina? Not really. I just really liked this scene. Like there was a lot of tension in this scene and how uh, 
I, I guess um, Tom and Nina both kind of I communicated with. They, that's one thing I really did like about this movie. The 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 eye glances in the movie. There's a lot of communication that's kind of unsaid, and I and I and this is one of them. And so like there's like a conversation going on between Tom and Nina while she's being interrogated by, like she's basically being threatened to be deported by by Pritchard, and there's this whole like kind of like eye conversation between her and Tom and she has to figure out a way to like one, not get deported. And then two, not like reveal, Hey, by the way, the guy you're looking for is right behind you. Um, so I, I really, I really enjoyed this scene. Right. And of course, uh, I'm only thinking of this now that like, she doesn't take any action like after their visit to follow up on her friend's death. She doesn't go to the police or anything, but again, like that's uh, the whole deporting thing. The whole deportment threat is a good uh, cover for that, Mm -hmm. which works for me back at the Pentagon. um, Plus five points for, you know, every chance that Tom gets, you know, since he's in charge of like, you know, the different computer analyses that they're doing and all the different databases looking for credit card stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, he he takes every opportunity to kind of very subtly sabotage that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like uh, there's one thing, wheelchair guy, we haven't talked about him. We haven't talked about Sam yet. There's one point where Sam says like, well, we got some credit card stuff, but like that usually doesn't pay off to be anything. And and Tom says, like, no, you should totally focus that. Put like put a lot of work into that. But then later in the movie, it turns out the credit card thing does show <laughs> something yeah. does come up. So shot himself in the foot with that one. And this guy, uh, Sam, uh, he's another guy that uh Tom Farrell's got a prior relationship with. Uh, you know, they're they're buddies from from way back in the day. And along the way, in in stages, he slowly, like, uh, you know, he he goes from just kind of subtly giving Sam, you know, some instructions to kind of maybe telling him to do some slightly less logical stuff to kind of having to say, like, all right, look, uh it's a big problem and I just need you to trust me to finally like just coming straight out and saying like, it's me, it's me in the picture (laughs) and you got to slow it down. And that whole process, uh, it it gives, it's my plus five points and best tradecraft number three of the movie is just the way that he uses not only his clout as his, uh, in his position, but also manipulating his friendship with uh, the Sam character to uh, slow that image resolution down because that that image is kind of like the ticking time bomb in this movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, and this this actually made my number one best tradecraft was Costner basically confessing to sleeping with Susan, um, not just for slowing the resolution, but like kind of playing that werewolf game, like where he's like, "Look, I'm giving you a piece of information. I've, I've, I'm a little panicked because I'm going to be a suspect." But, you know, this goes a lot bigger than you think it is. And he, and he says something like, for your own safety, just slow down the, re- like, resolution, like, analysis. Oh, right. And, and and just trust me, don't ask any questions. It's for your own good that you don't know anything. Yeah. And, and he's like, look, the person in that picture is me. 
I'm, I'm telling you the information you're looking for, but just please just slow down while I get more information because this is much bigger. And so that made my number one best tradecraft, um, uh, not just for just slowing down the resolution, but just the way he played the situation where he like, he was like, here's a piece of information that's really important um, that you're looking for, uh, but I'm trying to find other information and it could put you in danger. And I, I, th- I thought that was really well played. Along the way now, so he's trying to slow everything down to keep himself safe, but he's also gets a kind of a like a lifeline, uh, something he can use to extricate himself from this whole situation. And that's the jewelry box, uh, which uh, that's an item during the romance period. You know, they had a thing about it and and, uh, he knows that that jewelry box was given to Susan by Bryce, who had received it from some foreign diplomat. And that, he confirms with Sam, all needs to be registered so that they can prove that this piece of evidence links Susan and Bryce. I'm not sure it's the most solid, like, field goal I win the game <laughs> yeah. of everything of just to connect the jewelry box, but that's right. what the movie. That's that's what the movie gives us. Uh, what he does with it is is cool uh, and plus spy points. The way he he handles it, he gives it to his that one little like young blonde adjunct guy that's just you know says yes sir yes sir um, right. says uh, uh, take it home. Instruct the CIA to get in touch with you. Wait for the information that they give you. And don't call me. I'll call you. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely major plus buy points for that whole thing. Because he's not directly handing the evidence to the CIA. The CIA is kind of just coming across it. That way it doesn't look like he's trying to shift the narrative. It's just here's something found Mm -hmm. that they could get. You know, and I and I think it's yeah. I think I think that was a really good play on his part. Although, like I think we mentioned before, like it really should be the FBI that should be doing this, not the CIA. Yes. Yes. Um. So now, Pritchard Pritchard wants Nina silenced. I forget why. Oh, uh, she just... would, she would be able to to connect Bryce with Susan, right? Because she knew that Bryce was fucking Susan. Right. So then we send Quato and his buddy off to kill Nina. And Tom freaks out. And we get, like, basically our one significant action sequence in the movie. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not an action-heavy <laughs> movie. But it just seemed like they, they, I don't know, seemed like they just wanted something. A car chase. Right. Some jumping around and stuff. Um, the thing that stands out to me on, on this sequence, this action sequence, is that they bust out the synthesizers. Because <laughs> if, if the movie wasn't 80s enough, we definitely get a synthesizer scene. It's so, it's such a, in retrospect, it's such an odd choice. Like, <laughs> at the time, I guess, like, synthesizers were, like, super cool, cutting edge, and would put the audience at the edge of their seat. But right. now it just, 
I don't know. It's just very much of its time. And and the movie didn't didn't use synthesizers in any other part of the movie. It's just like for the action side scene. Yeah. Weird. And I keep I keep calling the one guy Quato because, you know, total recall. Uh, and you remember when we were watching, I was like, when is this guy gonna get a line? Let Quato speak! <laughs> Let him speak. He gets one line at the end of the action sequence. He gets the drop on Costner. Get the gun to his head. I think we should go back to the Pentagon, sir. (laughs) That's fine. But I'm confused as fuck why Pritchard lets that shit go. Here's the situation. He, He gave some orders. This other guy that's supposed to be working for him, Tom, just, like, runs out and goes on a mad, crazy dash to, like, completely countermand, you know, and stop, like, what you're trying to have happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, they have an argument about it, but I felt like Tom should have been in a lot more trouble for that. I think it's my number one worst tradecraft. Um, <laughs> Richard just says, like, all right, just don't let it happen again. Like, fuck that. Yeah. I think the idea we're supposed to believe is that Tom was trying to save someone's life because he was really upset. When he, when, he, when he first spotted the goons, he was like, that's an assassination squad. What are you doing? You sent an assassins? Like, he made a big fuss about it, and then he figures out that they're going to go kill Nina. And so I, I think that's the idea is he goes to save her life because – He's like the Boy Scout. I get I get a little mitigation off the fact that Pritchard is so uh, like laser focused on the problem at hand. And he's also kind of becoming, you know, he's becoming more and more unhinged. Yeah. Along the way. But uh, it's it's weird to me that he that at this point he can't see what's right in front of his face. That right. I mean, Tom is just actively like diving in front of stopping him from doing what he's trying to do it's that's where i land on that well i think it's definitely a good number word number one worst tradecraft but what and the other thing is like tom is in charge of investigating the murder so he, he she would be a significant witness so in his mind he's kind of doing his duty i i i, I don't know but I think you're right. It's something. Something's off, and it shouldn't have just been kind of ignored. I almost, I almost feel like the action scene was just kind of like mm, shoved in there because because <laughs> maybe some executive said, "Wait, there's no action scene in this movie," and they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come up with something for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll put something in there." Um, now, in addition to, again, like, so Tom's got two jobs. He needs to slow the investigation, mainly on resolving the photograph. But he's also got to get this jewelry box linked to Bryce. And uh, he can't, uh, I think he first, I mean, he first asked Sam, like, you know, wouldn't it be in there? And the guy's like, yeah, they, they have it in their records over in the State Department. But they've all gone home right now, and yeah. this is this is where this is early before Tom has fully uh, uh, divulged his situation. 
this is one of the points where he's just using buddy points to say like, well, I can't wait till tomorrow. Uh, could we illegally access their database on the jewelry box, which I don't think wheelchair guy could really do. I don't think Sam could really do, but I see a lot of stuff in this movie where like computers are doing like this is 80 in 87. We're kind of becoming slightly cognizant as audiences of what computers are capable of and what hackers Mm. can do. But there's also a lot of things that you'll see in this time period of, of things that they're really not possible. (laughs) (laughs) but plus five points for the idea to um you know illegally access the state's database and further later uh even even more like unlikely uh when things are really starting to heat up and the information is not coming in fast enough he actually asks sam to plant the line item about the jewelry box into the database so that it'll come up sooner. As we discussed before, the CID is uh, doing making their own moves, and they've found some witnesses that would tie, you know, uh, the the mystery man to Susan, which is bad news for Tom because he is the mystery man. Uh, and and they've brought in uh, the two witnesses, the boat guy, the the guy they rented a boat from. And the uh, what you call it, the bellboy from the from the hotel, from their right. romantic weekend. There are here. Let me let me let me, let's play a little game. How many people do you think work at the Pentagon, Dave? Probably a couple thousand, maybe. A couple thousand. You want to go with two thousand? Maybe. Maybe Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a big building. Oh, maybe a few thousand. Yeah, it's more than a big building. There are 23,000 people in the Pentagon. 23,000 people in the Pentagon on any given weekday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> so when you're watching the the whole, like, you know, uh, search scenes or the whole idea, like, oh, we'll just, like... We'll have two people at two exits that can watch everyone filing out for the day. Right. That's a lot of people. <laughs> um, and But also, we remember, even though the movie doesn't seem to remember, um, that, you know, or they don't bring it up, that uh, we do know we're looking for someone that was assigned to the Pentagon in the last couple months. So that should have narrowed it down quite a lot. And and probably they should have focused on those personnel instead of mm-hmm. like trying to search everyone. And probably the people that wrote the movie just didn't uh, actually realize that there are that many people in the Pentagon or yeah. how fucking huge it is. That's, right. a, that's a large number. That is a large number of people, isn't it? Yeah, that's a lot of people to sift through and to like lock them in for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they could get away with it. Now, of course, they're looking everywhere except at the very top of the organization, which is what makes sense about the movie is why, like, they don't get around to... Like, for instance, they're not looking in 
uh, Secretary Bryce's office. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're not they're not concerned about that. They're it, but it's only later in the movie after they feel like they've gone through everything that they they finally start sifting up to the top and thinking like, okay, we got to actually go through the last few areas we haven't looked at, which are like the, the main information room. And, um, you know, Tom does this like cool, you know, he's about to get caught. He does another little, uh, juke, uh, spilling coffee on his pants. You know, that's mm-hmm. a good move. I'll give that plus five points. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I, I liked the coffee spilling. It was definitely a good moment to get him away from the conversation and then like kind of regroup or collect his thoughts. And it buys him enough time, finally, for the illegally planted jewelry box information printout to finally spill out. And by the way, oh, that printout was just going on forever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just print out everything that you know, computer. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he's, He's delayed the investigation long enough for the jewelry box printout to finally get into his juicy little hands. And he makes a run for Bryce's office. And that's where we get our final scene, our final scene of the main story, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the goons are right on his heels, but he pulls rank to squeak into Bryce, Bryce's office and threaten him with uh, what he knows. He's like, you knew Susan. I have proof. Call this shit off. Can we talk about the wheelchair guy getting killed yet? No, let's hit it. What you got on that? Yeah, Sam Sam basically calls Pritchard over and uh, you know, lets him know that hey, Tom is the guy in the photo, and I feel like something weird is going on, and I think Tom is trying to mess with the investigation. And I, I wanted to talk to you you know, privately, because I'm a little worried about how things are going. Um, And this is where Pritchard kills Sam, poor Sam. He's trying to do the right thing and gets himself shot. I I wanted to point this out as my number two worst tradecraft for Sam, because, um, okay, let's say you get really uncomfortable with this secret someone told you, and you're like, I think Tom might be lying to me. Let me talk to someone higher up. I don't know if you want to go somewhere that private. <clears throat> like, I think they were like in a gym or something, or like in a warehouse or whatever. Some place. No, it's, it's basketball court. Yeah, they're like in a basketball court. There's no one else around. There's a whole investigation going on. Why not just take him to another room with those, like, where other people can see them so he's not murdered? I don't know. It, it kind of felt weird, but it. Everything happened so fast, so I think it wasn't that big of a deal. But, I mean, like, my thought is, like, okay, I'm, like, a tech guy that works for, like, high security, Department of Defense, at the Pentagon type of stuff. I have this guy that's given me a secret, and I'm starting to get a little concerned. Well, if it's if it's for my own safety, this guy's telling me to not say anything, maybe I shouldn't just go picking some random person. I mean, like, how well does this guy know Pritchard other than he's, like, kind of in charge? And if you're going to go to Pritchard, like, why wouldn't he have gone to the guy from the CID? 
with this information? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't well, understand. I, I, I maybe have an answer for that. Although uh-huh. going, going to the major uh, would have been a much better play uh, and make more sense. But, you know, maybe it's because uh, Sam knows that even, even though Sam and Pritchard aren't direct friends, mm-hmm. maybe Sam knows that uh, Pritchard and Tom are friends. And so that's why Sam maybe thinks like Pritchard is a guy he can trust with the, with this revelation. Oh, that's right. He said, I think he's going off the handle or something, you know, he's kind of going crazy. So he's just like, Hey, he thinks, he thinks maybe of all the characters, you know, on the board, this is someone he could trust with the information because he believes that Pritchard will always have Tom's best interests in mind. Maybe I see. They could have. Okay. They they could have. They could have tweaked that up a little. They could have even made it so that you know uh, Pritchard and Sam also had a relationship. You know, maybe the three of them all knew each other. Then it would have right. made way more sense for Sam to go to Pritchard, and and to be so trusting as to go alone into that basketball court. Um. But yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll back you on on bad tradecraft for that. Yeah, I mean, not that it's, it his, it's his job to be a spy, but uh, right. but like but like you said, he's he's uh, he's got responsibilities. You know, he's got a security clearance. He's right, right, working with very sensitive information at the top of the Pentagon. He should be smarter. Yeah, I know that's just my piece. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, in our final office scene, Tom bursts in first. He's waving the piece of paper around that says, like, you know, uh, Secretary Bryce, call off the investigation. The major comes bursting in right after him. At this point, Pritchard knows that it's Tom. I, I think Pritchard could have just fingered him, uh, but, but instead he ushers the major out. I think that's bad. I think that's a bad move on his part. I don't know, like maybe maybe he just feels like if he says something, he's gonna lose control of the situation and he doesn't want too many pieces on the board. Well, what does he yeah. expect like you know Bryce to do about it? It's the major that could have done something about it. Right. You know, characters gotta do what characters gotta do, and movies gotta do what movies gotta do. Yeah. It's a great scene where the way that Bryce has over time become more and more stressed out and remember he was never actually fully on board with this whole yuri lie kind of situation and you know over time he's we've seen him in scenes where he's kind of like kind of pushing back and pritchard's like no no fucking shut up and just do what i say (laughs) at this point where the truth question mark because <laughs> there's so many different versions of the truth in this movie bryce says like yeah pritchard you gotta go <laughs> yeah watching that betrayal of what pritchard thought was the situation it's pretty powerful to me and remember at, it was in the very first scene uh with Patton, they snuck in the line I would take a bullet for him. Oh, I totally forgot about that. That's a nice uh, foreshadow. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice foreshadow. Actually pulls out his gun and just 
blows his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> That's how fucking fanatical the guy really is. Uh and and that's also like a weird thing. Have you ever seen that before in a movie or since where the villain commits suicide to protect what he believed in? I don't know that I've seen it in a movie, but there's an anime called The Legend of Galactic Heroes and there's like a cold calculating character like that that helped one of the main characters ascend to the throne and there's a point in uh the story where there needs to be a fall guy and that cold calculating guy determines that he has to be the fall guy and he becomes the fall guy that's amazing i think yeah yeah he's he's like a very you know that very uh what's it called like uh cold calculating is kind of uh you know just very like means to an end type of guy you know and and whatever, it's always for the cause, no matter what. And he did some really shitty stuff to, like, help the guy ascend to the throne and, like, you know, stabbed a bunch of people in the back and threw him under the bus. And you think, oh, this guy is, like, the self-ambitious type. But in the end, no, he's he's the means to an end guy. He's like, I am the means, so I have to be the fall guy now. And he does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take I'm gonna take it for the team. The whole uh, Pritchard character arc uh and and the way it ends like this is is probably like my favorite thing about the movie Um, yeah i think it was a great way to end it and tom squeaks out of the pentagon just as you know someone's like holy shit the photo's finally resolved and it was tom in the picture the whole time (laughs) right (laughs) tom was <laughs> it's the worst twist. It's the worst. Um it's the worst twist. That Tom was Yuri the whole time. And I, let's talk about that now. Let's go back through the movie just a little bit and talk about like like okay, if Tom was Yuri the whole time, does all do all of his actions totally make sense? Before we get into that, I want to ask you what you know about uh, uh, theories of Russian moles in like deeply embedded into like, you know, the Pentagon or the CIA. What do you know? During James Eagleton's witch hunt after um, Kim Philby was discovered that there were actually a lot of moles in place in very high political positions. Okay. Um, Philby, Philby infiltrated MI6. What about Russians infiltrating American agencies? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, Philby infiltrated MI6 and then infiltrated CIA because James Angleton and Kim Philby were like passing information together. Okay. Um, so, but when that was discovered, James Angleton went on like this crazy like mole witch hunt and people thought he was crazy, but he ended up finding a lot more moles. <clears throat> and they were like in key political positions in the U.S. government or in military agencies or something like that. So uh, I, I don't have like a list of like famous ones, but a, 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 apparently they were there. All right. So like the Red Scare isn't just like the Salem witch trials. Like, <laughs> right. There's there's yeah. there's some basis for it. Yeah, right. Like, like it wasn't like just pulled out of nowhere. And I think there was a little bit of 
overzealous approach to some of the Red Scare or maybe kind of some, you know, advantage taken. But uh, for, for the most part, there was something there. Like, it wasn't just, like, fabricated. When I did my Googling, uh, mostly, uh, you know, Google wanted to tell me about, uh, uh, like, 10 Russian sleeper agents that we caught in 2010. That was like apparently a big thing. I couldn't find anything much about the, but about the eighties. Um, but uh, that's okay. Let's assume so. We got so we got uh, presented to us in the fiction of this movie. Uh, Yuri, a Soviet sleeper agent, uh, apparently rose up through the ranks of the navy, got into naval intelligence. That's a pretty good spot for a KGB agent to to get into, but. What was his mission, do we think? Oh, I think his mission was, like, at the beginning when I was saying, like, like how he played dumb to get the CIA data, I think he was working as Yuri to get that data. Like, it wasn't, like, he had an excuse because of his position to want that data, and he probably would have passed that data on to the Russians about the sub. So I think he was just to climb the ladder and get as much information as possible. Sure. And he's got a friend that is working in the Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though, like, in their first meeting, Pritchard teases Tom about, like, hey, you were, like, kind of, like, kind of angling to try to get a job in the Department of Defense, huh? And, like, like, Tom is like, no, dude, I just sent you a Christmas card, okay? (laughs) Chill out. Right. Yeah. But that's also it's it's nice though it's subtle, yeah. Um, you gotta you know you're a Russian sleeper agent. You're trying to rise you know as high as you can. Uh, you got a friend in the Department of Defense. It sounds like you know guy you should probably be sending Christmas cards to, right? <laughs> plus, plus five points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out in his final debriefing. That, uh, you know, because Tom says, like, you know, I did what you wanted. You're the guys that told me to sleep with Susan. We we never find out why. Like, why was that a part of it? I mean, they probably knew she was sleeping with Bryce, would be Mm, my guess. Sure. I I, I don't know how much to put on that, but, you know, I, I I guess that would be it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, coming up on my plus five points and my number one best tradecraft of the, of the movie, which only makes my best tradecraft because we know at the end that he was actually Yuri was when they're in, uh, when Tom and Susan are in one of their little sexy playtimes or whatever, she wants to take a picture of him. That's where we get the Polaroid, you know, that's going to be resolved through computer imagery, blah, blah, blah. If you look at that scene again, considering that he's Yuri, the way that he uh, does not want his picture to be taken makes huge amounts of sense. And the way he plays it as well. He's not like, hey, don't fucking take my picture. He's like, oh, no, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do this. And and then, you know, he specifically, and the way Polaroids, for all you kids out there, Polaroids were, uh, you know, there used to be a time when 
when you took a picture, you know, it went onto a roll of film. You had to take it down to uh, a Kodak office or something. And they'd be like, yeah, you can have your pictures in two weeks. (laughs) And then Polaroid was this amazing, like, new technology where, like, you could take a picture and you could see it within, like, five minutes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, he also, not only did he resist having his picture taken and kind of threw his arms up in front of him and he was just playing it all kind of cute, he also, like, just, like, playing along, playing along. He, he rips the emulsion off early. And that's something you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to wait like five minutes with the Polaroid. And again, you know, he does it like purely natural. But like he, it looks to me like he intentionally sabotaged having his picture taken. And that is plus five points, given the fact that he's Yuri. Don't fucking take my picture. I am a Soviet agent. I don't want my picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I question, though, like, why why he played, like, the superhero. Uh, you know, like like we mentioned, uh, there's, a, there's a point in the movie, and that's part of what gets Bryce's attention that he would be a valuable asset is this like a uh, super heroic risking his life to save a fellow sailor at sea. Uh, if I'm Yuri, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fading into the background. I don't, I don't think I need to, I, I don't need my picture in the paper. I don't need to risk my life. Like, fuck that. What is, what does that get me? Right. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, couple other weird things. So there's a there's an earlier scene in the movie where Tom meets his Soviet spy master, but at that point we we have absolutely no idea that's who it is. And the guy just gives him his mail and they make some small talk uh in the guy's uh apartment. They're totally secluded. They totally had like all the opportunity in the world for Tom to give him like, you know, a full report on what's going on. And, you know, they just don't. That's weird. It was only when I was like coming through IMDb trivia that that I noticed that. (laughs) There's some other weird stuff too, which is, uh, Okay, so do you remember this? Uh, in Manila, uh, the little kid that steals his bag. Yes, I remember that. Okay. And he's just like, oh, just let him have it. Uh-huh. Uh, do you recall that at the end of the movie, the Soviet spymaster is like, hey, uh, by the way, Moscow wasn't particularly amused by the fact that you just gave him a bunch of dirty underwear. Uh-huh. Like when the kids stole the bag, that was supposed to be a like a dead drop or not a dead drop, but like a passing. Oh, it was yeah, a planned yeah, yeah. thing. Oh wow! <laughs> um, but instead of like they were expecting to get like I don't know his reports, but like yeah. they got nothing. And then also like 
when you know Russian spymaster is like, wouldn't you like to hear native Russian again? And he mentions like some famous Russian novelists and the the Yuri's response is to also mention like two other Russian novelists who are like two really prominent and famous anti-Soviet novelists. So uh-huh. every step uh, every step along the way, like we're seeing that like Yuri is not he's not loyal. Right. Like they got they should have got the signal when he fucked up the manila drop. And then also uh, here, like right in right in your face, you know, proud Russia, super proud Russia. They don't want to hear like about like these people that write about like how much the Soviet Union sucks. And <laughs> the guy just like laughs it off. Yeah. And I don't know. I I think uh, I think Russian guys should have seen the signs that that Yuri is he's not loyal. Well, and that's when they just, like, let him go. He just walks off, and they wanted to, like, beat him. The goons wanted to beat him up, and the spy master just kind of lets him go. And uh, I actually wanted to mark that as my number three worst tradecraft. Uh, this guy has a lot of important information about this whole operation, and it looks like he's just going to walk off. I think the movie's trying to say, like, like he goes, like, oh, he'll be back. Where's he going to go? And my whole thought is, like, oh, America. <laughs> right. America. Straight to yeah. the CID. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I like you know, and and so I was kind of like, uh, uh, I think this is just a cinematic tie-up. David, I think it's time we came in from the cold. I'm ready. Agents, please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now. I want to hear your final impressions and star rating first. Mine, mine, I, mine's a little twisted. What do you got on this? Uh, to be honest, you know, I, I watched it like you know, like two or three times for this episode, and um, I really liked the plot setup. And when when the actual kind of no way out situation got started, I thought that was a lot of fun and really well executed uh the only big problems that really bothered me was number one the dialogue the whole movie was like but um the other thing is just like it took so long to get to like what they were trying to do with the film um building up on his like boy scout moments and the romance and all that stuff like i think a lot of that could have been cut down and then the whole twist at the end i I think you're right. If they had if they had had him like have the data on the sub and hand it to the Russians, it would have made it a little bit more interesting to have that random twist. But I don't I don't know about the rewatchability for me with this just because of all of the things I mentioned. But um, I, I, I I'm glad I saw it because the 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 once you get to the meat of the movie, it's it's really fun to watch. Um, so I. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at my threes that I've given, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of don't want to land it there. I I, I think I'm going to go with a two point five on this one. Um, yeah, because I I don't I don't want to say I didn't like it as much as I didn't like our man Flint. But I also don't want to say I really didn't like it. I I, I enjoyed it, but I just don't want to put it with like the company. 
So yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a 2.5 on this one. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch if if you're really interested in like you know kind of setups like this because um, there's plenty to kind of draw from and the acting's really good. Every everyone every one of the actors really gave a really good performance, especially if if you if you want to do a character like study on some acting for Pritchard, he he really brings it so. I, I definitely would recommend it as like a, a good, but I, I don't, I don't know how many times I would want to go back and rewatch this. I, I really, I, I, I'm really struggling with this one. I feel like it's a four for 16 year old Todd. And, <laughs> and, and it's dropped significantly since then, even though I was really, I really had fun revisiting. You know, a movie that that I liked a lot when I was a teenager, and then looking at it again like thirty five years later was super fun. But I guess I guess if I if I had to give a final answer, well, then I'll just fucking call it a three because I don't fucking know. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> my best, my number three best trade craft is the way that he uh, Tom uses his clout and his friendship with Sam to slow the investigation down. My number two, good on Tom and on Pritchard for getting ahead of the CID to interrogate Nina, uh, which I also like because it's kind of a twist because like they're both doing it for different reasons but both of them are really good reasons. My number one best tradecraft, assuming that you know that it's Yuri, the way that he interacts with uh, and manages to not having uh, a good picture taken of him. Your best. Uh, my number three best tradecraft. Um, th- this one kind of set, you know, established uh, Tom as a character who could pull off like the crazy moves that he pulls off. Uh, was when we first see him, like his first day on the job, uh, where he's just playing dumb to try and get the Russian info or the CIA data, you know, for the Russians. I, like, I like that a lot because um, it, it really establishes him as, like, someone that could pull some of this stuff off. Uh, my number two best trade craft was uh, Pritchard um, uh, returning the Polaroid, you know, and his whole, like, oh, what's this, you know? I, I like that. It was a good move of finding, you know, confirming like, oh, this is the evidence from her apartment. Here's here's a piece of evidence from here that hasn't been tagged yet. Uh, and then my number one best tradecraft was uh, um, Tom confessing to Sam that he's the guy in the picture and that he was sleeping with Susan, but that he needed Sam to slow down the resolution analysis because he needs to get more information because he's pretty sure Bryce is the one that killed Susan. Right. And I like that number one as well, because again, like we talked about, like he doesn't give Sam every piece of information. He just slowly is kind of slowly cornered into giving Sam like a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more along the way. Um, my bad tradecraft, uh, you know, the CIA guy, O'Brien, uh, had every uh, piece of information he needed and a clear open window to get involved, and he didn't follow up. That's my number three worst. 
my number two worst it goes along with the the you know there's some problems with there's some logical problems with the way the investigation structure is built i think a lot of them are forgivable in the service of movie craft one that i do not think is forgivable is for two special forces black ops wet work motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> taking their orders directly from the lawyer of the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> but my number one worst is what happens when uh, Pritchard, you know, when, when Tom dives in front of Pritchard's bus and stops those assassins uh, from doing his stuff. And he just kind of, I mean... It's not that he just shrugs it off. He doesn't just shrug it off. They have some heated moments about it. They have some conversation. But it's still my number one worst on Pritchard. Like, like, dude, look at what's right in front of you. Tom is (laughs) directly sabotaging you. Number one worst. Minus five points. My number three worst tradecraft is the KGB letting Costner go at the end. I, I I don't know. I, I think it was just like a a tie up. You don't think he'll story. be back? Yeah, I don't think he'll be back. <laughs> if he I don't want to compare it to the very end scene of the Man Who Knew Too Much Fifty Six that we thought was probably the worst ending of a film we've ever seen, but it was it was it was close. It's probably gonna make my top ten worst end scenes I've wow. ever seen. Yeah. It really bothered me. Uh, but my number two worst tradecraft was when Sam met Pritchard in the gym. I, I felt that could have been handled better. Like, one, don't go to this secluded place while there's an investigation going on. And two, why are you picking Pritchard? And I don't know. I just I just thought, like, the level of the job the guy had, he could have been, I guess, a little bit safer, um, even though he was just, like, the tech dude. I don't, I don't know. But my number one worst tradecraft by far was was Bryce parking his car in front of the place that he meets his, like, mistress with right under the street lamp. And he's, like, the Secretary of Defense. And he's doing all this, like, intelligence work. And I, 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 I just felt like this was just, like... I don't know, uh, a loose thread that would have gotten him in a lot of trouble without murdering her, you know? Like, like you don't even need that in the mix and it's going to get him in trouble. So, I don't know, that's, that's my number one. What does that, that give us in terms of a park bench rating? Park benches, spies like to sit at them. They really do. <laughs> and when we... And when we have zero park benches, that means the movie has no basis in reality whatsoever. If we give it a five park bench rating, it means it's like the most amazingly accurate. You should be taking notes and and learning from this movie. (laughs) That's our park bench rating system. Yeah. (laughs) Where, 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 Where do you want to start the bidding, sir? Mr. David. So a a lot of this is kind of like high 
like just over the top, like here's an intricate situation where two guys are like battling it out. So it kind of makes it seem a little unbelievable, but a lot of the ways that those like over the top type of like, Hey, look at this like crazy head game are actually executed are pretty believable. So I, I don't know. I'm looking at our numbers and I want to, I want to put this above spies like us, you know, but I definitely don't want to put this at Argo, but I'm looking at some of our threes like sneakers, you know, atomic blonde. I mean, pretty tasty. I don't don't know. Like three three is is a really good place to start in my opinion. Like right, right down the middle because this movie does not make, uh, a lot. I mean, it doesn't really doesn't make any big mistakes. Right. You really have to pry around the edges to say, like, would the would these guys really be able to do this without authority from that guy? You got to do a bunch of wiki reading to, like, <laughs> you know, to to find the errors. And so that's why that's why I kind of want to bump it up, but. Also, it doesn't have any like massive swing, like like solid, super good tradecraft. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to talk myself into a three point five. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to put this up at like spy game or like good. Really? Oh, okay, okay. All right. Talk I, I don't me. know. I, I like a three, but I'm also kind of thinking a two point five. You know. I mean, it's that true. Was- it's true. Again, it's not. It's not a spy movie. Uh, yeah. You know, if you remove the Yuri twist, then it right. it's it's which which again is completely tacked on and doesn't yeah. inform the story at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, keep talking, keep talking. You might be able to drag me down down. I mean I mean I'm like thinking about like sneakers being our 3. There was quite a bit of over the top stuff, but a lot of it was kind of believable. So that's why I'm kind of thinking a three might be a good good place to go. But I'm also like looking at our two point fives, like you know, the man who knew too much from Russia would love. You know, I, I, I mean, think when you start getting into the, when you start dipping down below three, we're starting to look at some movies that have some ridiculousness. You know, yeah, and. That's what I'm saying. I think I think the head game is much better than our 2.5. So that, that's why I feel pretty good about a three. Because I, I definitely don't put this at Miss Sloan. Um, we had the Born Supremacy at three. Well, know? that's, I mean, that's, mm, yeah. That's partially because it has to do with a, you know, movie about a, you know, super secret super spy <laughs> i mean yeah. you know board supremacy yeah. has got some fantasy involved yeah right, the, right. The, this this movie is at least like a lot more grounded at its core and that's why i think a three is a nice place to put it at because the head game and like the werewolf game that tom plays is is way above any of the head games in our two and a halfs but like a lot of it that goes on is pretty over the top. So I don't really want to put it up with like some of our more solid park bench films. 
All right. You got me. I, I, yeah, I like a three on this. You got me. That's uh, three park benches for yep. <laughs> No Way Out, 1987. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us. Visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net. You can find out about upcoming episodes. Also, what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast, either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us. Uh, even if you didn't like the show, just give us a review. It'll help us give us feedback so we can make the show better. And it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us. Hey, Moira, initiate Protocol 9. Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.